Welcome to the Emmaus Fellowship Teaching Podcast. We trust you find this encouraging. Emmaus Fellowship is located at 205 North Pine Street in Woodland Park, Colorado. Our phone number is 719-687-6061. We trust you find this encouraging as you pour over God's Word with us. Gave me a voice and a song I would like to read from first the book of Genesis, Genesis 2, and then I'd like to move to the book of Revelation, Revelation 21, and then a short passage out of Revelation 22. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. And in the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed from the land of Eden. Now Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone. Then I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. All who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. And Revelation 22. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flows down the center of the main street. On each side of the river, a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, with a fresh crop for each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads, and there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. The word of the Lord. So this is a picture that I drew this morning, and I'm going to refer a lot to it, and I know that this is so different for a lot of you, But you know what? I had this sense that there's something about our hearts. And if you look in the center, you'll see there's like the Garden of Eden. And there's a hedge around it, a hedge of fire. And there's two trees and the river. 
that splits out and um yeah there's swords guarding it and all that kind of fun stuff so yeah bear with me as i move through this because i want to just offer some thoughts to you about your heart and about the ways that jesus has reclaimed your hearts so um I really believe that the human heart, once it has been united with Christ, and by heart, I'm talking about the essence of our existence. I'm talking about the seat of our existence. That's how it would be translated in the original language. I'm not talking about our emotions as much as I'm talking about the place of our deep personality our true self that only comes alive when Jesus enters into our life. And that's when our spirits are united with Christ and our spirits are alive and our spirits united with Christ have a way of flowing out of us. I mean, like a river that flows and we impact the world around us. We shine the light of Christ. We display his glory, all of the things that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. It's because of the relationship that we have with Jesus in the deep place of our hearts, which last week when we were at Emmaus, I shared some thoughts about that. And I would encourage you to listen to the podcast or go on to Facebook and watch the archive live stream of that. You can fast forward to the teaching time. It's really important to kind of get a sense that your heart is actually your safest place, that your heart is where Jesus came in when he stood at the door of your heart and he knocked and you opened it at salvation and invited him to come in. He actually came in and he's not left. And if we disengage from our hearts, if we distrust our hearts, if we dissociate from our hearts and its desires, then we are disconnecting from our greatest source of life, our greatest source of peace, our greatest source of goodness, our greatest source of spiritual awakening, and that is the spirit of the living God that has taken up residence in you a treasure in jars of clay. And that is why Christ in you is your hope of glory. And so when I think about this, I'm thinking about the restoration of all things. I'm thinking about, you know, Jesus saying it is finished on the cross. And by that, he meant the tyranny of evil that would actually enslave you to sin and to death and when he says, it is finished, he is also saying, if you can hear it, listen, he's saying, I'm just beginning. Let it begin now. Let the restoration of all things, the renewal of all things begin now. And this is where the resurrection life of Jesus brings so much hope for us and power. And just really, I mean, uh, what did Paul say? Um, I just want to know, Christ and the power of his resurrection. We just want to know the power of God's restorative work, the renewal of Jesus. And it starts here. It starts here. It starts there. 
in your own heart. Um, I'm going to ask you to do something here. I'm going to just ask you to take your hand and just place it over your heart. You're not going to pledge allegiance to anything other than you're going to pledge to step towards this personal relationship that you have with Jesus. Now, Jesus, as we have placed our hands on our hearts, I just ask that you would awaken places in our heart that has been uh, dormant or dry. Uh, I pray, Lord God, that any barren place in us would be renewed. And I pray, Lord God, that you would bring consolation to our desolation. So, you know, when I drew this picture, uh, I was thinking about the human heart. Once it's united with Christ, it becomes the Eden. And we know from the book of Genesis that God created, you know, everything. He created the heavens and the earth. He created uh, the water. He created the sun, the stars, the moon. He created everything. He created all the plants, all the creatures, everything. He created man, and then he created woman, and he placed them in a garden. And they were actually commissioned to um, to cultivate that space, to care for it, to have a watchful eye over it, and also to name the animals, to have, you know, just this relationship with the world around them. And so there was a fascinating description of the Garden of Eden in the in the book of Genesis. We know that there are two trees in the book of Genesis that are described in this garden. One is the tree of life, and the other is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it was commanded unto Adam and Eve that they would not eat from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that the fruit from that tree was off limits. And so that was the one command. And we know the story that they were tempted Eve was tempted, then Adam followed suit, and the deception was that they shall be like God if they were to eat this because then their eyes would be open and they would be able to discern what is good and what is evil. And it's true. That part was true. Their eyes were open and they were able to discern what was good and evil. And there were a couple of things that broke down in those moments that occurred during the rebellion of their hearts to actually want to be like God. And one of the main things that happened was shame came over them. They were ashamed. They saw their nakedness and they were ashamed. Another thing that occurred was that they were afraid and they hid. And in their hiding, they became alone. And so there was aloneness. So there's shame, there's fear and aloneness. Now, when you think about Christ coming into our lives, what does he do? I mean, he takes our shame away. He takes our fear away. His love comes in and washes out fear. This is the process of renewal. And he also becomes one with us. And so we are not alone. So he begins this restorative work. And it's a deep work that happens in our hearts. And so here's, here's a thought that I'm having with this. While there's no more shame, and there's no more fear, and there's no more aloneness, there is still a temptation to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? And yet we are to be eating from the tree of life. The tree of life at the center of the garden is for us to actually come towards 
And I would say that this is the place of our own private time with God. Like we've talked about this before where I've described contemplative prayer or I've described having the type of prayer where you're having a personal connection with God, with Jesus, you're meeting with him. Maybe he's awakening the eyes of your heart to see or maybe the spiritual ears to hear and you're having communion with Christ. And this form of prayer, this form of Christian meditation, um, it's you know contemplative. It's something that is happening in the interior life that you have with Jesus. And I'd like to read this quote from uh, Richard Rohr. And it says, contemplation, and maybe you've heard me talk about it in terms of formational prayer. It's really very, very close. Um, actually, probably one and the same. That contemplation is the tree of life that promises access to eternal things, grows crops 12 times a year, and sprouts leaves that are for the healing of the nations. It accesses the deep ground of God and the true self. The contemplative mind is a tree of continual and constant fruitfulness for the soul and for the world. I really like that quote because it's it's really just pointing to like, hey, you and I are invited to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And it's more than just ideas that we nod our heads to and say yes to, that it's an, an actual experiential thing. Now, you've heard me talk about this plenty. It's one of the things that I actually feel compelled to share constantly. And the reason why I'm so compelled to share it is because I believe it's the antidote that it is the cure, that our life with Christ coming to the place of safety with Jesus in the interior of our own hearts, our own Eden, that has an, a hedge of protection around it. You are hidden in Christ. In him you live and breathe and have your very being. And that there is a tree of life that is available for you to access. The tree bears fruit and it brings healing, not only to you, but to the nations. And that it is uh, something that is not um, scorched by the sun. And it is a perpetual spring. If you recall last week, I talked about guarding your heart or being attentive to your heart, being mindful of your heart, for from it flows the wellspring of life. And so when you think about the river that flows out of the Garden of Eden, and you think about how that ties into what the Gospels tell us about rivers of living water flowing from your belly, you have to know that you are a river, not a lake, and that it's not just for you to intake and hold in reserve, but it's an actual flow of your life out to the world. And this is glorious. And this is your life on display and the glory of Jesus living through you. And so I wanted to point us all to that because I really, um, I really think that we are tempted sometimes to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I think if we do that, then um, we run the risk of having our minds controlled by well, what does Romans 8 say? The mind controlled by the flesh is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit, the spirit of life, is life. It's, um, it brings life. So here's the deal. We want to be smart. 
We want to be discerning. We don't want to be deceived, right? I understand that. Absolutely. We want to be attentive. We want to have this, this kind of discernment that helps us know that what we are agreeing with is not a lie because we know that, you know, the enemy is a liar and his native language is lying. And if we come into agreement with any of his lies, then we're actually making a covenant with evil and evil has an opportunity then to have inroads into our life and bring destruction and to rob us of our glory. We've talked about that. I talked about it last week. Here's the other side of it. If we think that we are fully responsible to know, to have the knowledge of good and evil, apart from the discerning wisdom of Jesus, then we have been tempted and we have actually partaken of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to the point where we would actually become the judge. Jesus is the judge. And Jesus declares his justice uh, through the scripture, through his teachings. And one of the things that I would say brings the most evidence of the reality of Jesus, the most evidence of the the rel- like just the, the relevance of Scripture are his teachings. The teachings of Jesus and the brokenness and the needs of mankind, they fit so perfectly together. It is miraculous. And so can we please not take it upon ourselves to believe that we are responsible fully to know what is good and what is evil and to judge what is good and what is evil in other people, in other ideas, in other worldviews, apart from the teachings of Jesus lining up with our own brokenness and our own needs. That will inform our compassion for others people who don't think like we do. That will inform our empathy when we listen with ears to hear, not ears to respond. This dynamic, I think, is something that I want to just offer to you in this season that we find ourselves in where there is a polarization, no room for nuance. There's a them and a us, a wrong and a right, and all of this like judgment based on sound bites, based on external stimuli of media and other people's opinions, can we please go to the teachings of Jesus and let him inform us with discernment, with wisdom, and with knowledge and understanding all of the amazing gifts of the Holy Spirit active where where where's that active it's active here in your place of eden where the tree of life is i think that we can be smarter more insightful more wise more understanding and more knowledgeable than the world because we have been given the mind of christ but the mind of christ does not live in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The mind of Christ lives in the tree of life.
And so we want to have our minds set on the things of Jesus, set on things above. We want our minds controlled by the Spirit, not the flesh. And so friends, my encouragement today is for us to really get a sense that when we come to this interior place that we have with Jesus, It's not just so that we can find comfort for ourselves. It's not just so that we can find relief or answers for our problems, but so that we can be informed with the mind of Christ about the issues that we face, about the real concerns that we have, about the real threats that are in our world around us, so that we can be responding with the kind of discernment that is born from, what is the, uh, the reference here that the ladies in the Bible study are learning about from the third heaven, right? Where Jesus is and we are seated with him in that heavenly place. And from that place, we are informed. We don't try to gain our understanding, our knowledge, our wisdom from first heaven. We have access to a much higher authority. We have much uh, more to, to draw from than just simply uh, the latest uh, idea and opinion. So we do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, we abide in that place with Jesus that brings life. And this is eternal life. And so let's start living in it now. And I just really wanted to encourage you with that. And I trust that you'll be uh, enjoying your conversations to come here. Thank you. It's our joy to offer these podcasts. We sure hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, any prayer requests, feel free to drop us a line at Fellowship at iCloud.com. If you're curious about ways you can be more deeply involved in this community, visit our website at EmmausFellowship.org and be sure to like our Facebook page.